Welcome to Season 3 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations with the mad scientist and myself as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people. We're back at it again. Another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And we are officially into the first week of the new year, even though it's Tuesday. But let's see what Saturday is going to hold. And let's kind of see if we could judge the remainder of the year going into this first week. All right. First things first, I would like to say thank you to our show sponsor this week being Primary Arms. Um, check out everything Primary Arms has to offer as far as your optics for your firearms. I actually run Primary Arms on all my rifles, and I made that change maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And it has nothing to do with the partnership I had with Primary Arms. It's just the fact that it made sense to me. So head on over to the YouTube channel, the M-W Tactical YouTube channel, and check out the reviews on some of the products that i done for Primary Arms. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And if you're new into firearms, this might be a great way to start off you know, with a great product from Primary Arms. Also, I want to remind you that the South Carolina section is taking place April 30th through May 2nd. Registration is now open. So we are looking forward to having everybody come out there, enjoy the fun with us, conversate, take pictures, videos, and most importantly, have fun shooting in a safe environment. Without further ado, you know I'm going to do it. So here we go. Bring in to the microphone my main man, my mother from another mother, the dude who I always call and nag at the most inopportune time, when I always hit them up, it's always something about firearms and any gist of the way how you want to twist it. So I want to bring in the mad scientist himself, Dave. What's going on, Dave? What's going on, Mike? <laughs> Not too much, my man. So I've used uh, some primary arms optics too, and, and they're great optics. I've been pleased with them as well. I appreciate their uh, their sponsorship for the show and and what they're doing for the SC section match. Yeah. We've got some so, good stuff. The story for me and primary arms is pretty interesting how that linked up started, you know, the link up between us and the person who I was talking to, I didn't know who the person was. I was just talking <laughs> just like everything mm-hmm. else I do, but we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, brief you a little bit more on that one. But I wanted to go ahead and ask you, because we didn't really go into great detail the past two shows, how was your Christmas and your New Year's? It was good. I had a good Christmas. It was pretty quiet. We normally don't do a whole lot. Fortunately, we don't have to travel much. Um, My wife and I moved um, back to where we grew up and went to high school, and both of our parents live here as well. in South Carolina. So we don't have to travel a whole lot. Um, and it, it makes holidays a bit easier for us anyway. We're right. not, we're not on the road too much and, uh, still get to see the family. So it was good. I had a good time. Man, that's it right there. Only thing I did, I hung out with the little assistant 
and Good. that was pretty enjoyable. We had a lot of fun, and she had a gang of gifts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my son so, ends up with gifts from everywhere. Yeah, so my whole thing is I don't like putting up a Christmas tree. You know, of course, when I was a kid, I enjoyed when my mom put up the Christmas tree. My grandmother will put up a Christmas tree, and of course, you know, they decked it out. You know, it was like a competition in the family who had the best looking Christmas tree. But taking it down, you know, it's always easy to put it up, but it's harder to take it down. So I think that's part of the reason why I don't like putting up a Christmas tree. But did you guys use the artificial trees or live trees? Uh, both my parents use artificial trees. Yeah. Um, and I think my grandmother, I asked her one time why she didn't use the real tree. And she kept saying like how the tree will um, shed the the needles. Yeah. And I was just like, well, okay, I get it. I get it. And she was like, that's too much cleaning. Now they make a mess. We drag yeah. them out of the house. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is about my grandmother and my mom, they're the type of people where they would clean the house every day, you know? So you come over for Christmas, I, I would challenge people. I dare you to find a dirt spot or some <laughs> lint or something. <laughs> if you find it, I will pay you. <laughs> like that's how much confidence I had in like the way they cleaned and everything. So as I got older, um, the thing is, I never really believed in Santa Claus. And <laughs> the way the story went was when I was younger, I used to get in trouble all the time. And it was always, you got to do the right thing, right from wrong, right from wrong. And I was like, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. But here I am, I got into trouble for something, me and my cousin. My cousin was lying about it. I wasn't lying about it, right? I just wasn't snitching on him. I was just being quiet about it. And it was the whole lesson about lying. And around about this time frame, this is when I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real. And I reversed it on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, ever since that, that day took place, I didn't talk to my family for maybe three days, four days. I was just giving everybody the solid treatment. Cause I was like, oh, that's a double standard right there. You know, you know, how can you say one thing and do something else? So um, afterwards, I just made it a point whereas I really don't celebrate Christmas because I feel it's too commercial and it's, the meaning's not really there what it should be. The portion of giving thanks versus accepting gifts, you know, so that's how I look at it. So it's just another day for me, but now that I have a daughter, I do try to make it memorable for her in a sense of speaking. But when she got her presents, she ended up getting this year's Christmas, last year's Christmas, and her birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she had presents on top of presents. And what the way I done it, last Christmas, I didn't get her. So I put all her presents in like two big trash bags and put it in a closet and every time we would talk she'll be like did you really get me something for christmas and then i would show her the trash bags with the presents in them like because they were still wrapped <laughs> you know so this year she still remembered about last year so i was just like okay yeah. you'll see when you get here so we open up this year's presents first then we went to last year's presents and then we did our birthday and her bedroom 
looked like a tornado. I had a lot of bad stuff around the house. So I was like, well, we're going to open all these in your bedroom. <laughs> so we went ahead and opened up all the presents in her bedroom. She had a great time and she was very thankful. You know, like she's not the type of person, whereas, oh, I didn't get what I wanted. You can give her a paperclip and she'll make the most out of it. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> and, good. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you, you got her for Christmas this year and I'm glad you guys had a great time. Yeah. That means a lot. Yeah, we, we hung out a little bit. So um, New Year's, for me, that's just, I don't go out on New Year's. I don't do anything for New Year's. So if anything, I probably just watch a movie, do some dry fire, work out a little bit, and then um, wake up the next day and think about something else I want to put on video. <laughs> I'm scared to go out for New Year's, man. People are crazy Yeah, out on the roads. And <laughs> I don't know. Well, part of my reason... Yeah, part of my reason for not going out on New Year's is mainly because of the fact that um, people don't pay attention. No, they don't. You know, so the, the roads are now crowded. The malls are now crowded. The stores, gas stations, everything is crowded. And people are trying to do the same mission, which is gather a present or get to a loved one or get to some type of event. And in all that confusion even though you're off of work, out of school, whatever it may be, when people are driving, they are really enjoying the moment, the time frame, but it's like they're throwing safety out the window. Mm. Not not everybody, but majority of I, I saw it a lot. I went out yeah. Christmas Day a little bit. Yeah. Just they're forgetting that they're actually in a car driving on the road. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I saw, saw the same thing the day after Christmas. I went and had the it's this procedure they call it the gara fish, the gara fish, something to that effect. Whereas you sit in this parlor, put your fit your feet in this fish tank, and the fish come up and eat the dead skin off your feet. Okay. So I ended up taking my daughter to that spot because <laughs> I went to it the week before. Showed my daughter the video of me doing it, so she said she wanted to do it. So we went and did it, and driving to that location at the mall literally you saw people swerving and about to hit other people and cell phones and not paying attention. Yeah. But let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you the link up between myself and primary arms and we'll jump into the topics that we're going to talk about for this week's show. All right. All right. So everybody, please stay in your seats and here are a few words from our sponsors. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. 
When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, good people. We're back at it again. Another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And first and foremost, I do want to thank everyone who is listening, both everyone in the United States and the international audience as well. So... Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year's, whatever category you fall into. May it be joyous and may you enjoy that time with your family and loved ones. Before the commercial break, I told you I was going to tell you the story about what took place between me and Primary Arms. Yeah. Yeah. So this was maybe three years ago, four years ago. And I'm popping doing product reviews at this time frame, talking to various companies about their product and helping them with advertisement in a sense or advertising in a sense. And here I am talking to primary arms and I was talking to the guy who actually develops the reticle on the screen. His name is Dimitri. And when we were sitting there talking, you know, he's asking me valid questions and I'm answering the questions honestly. And I'm not fluffing up anything. And he was like, hey, man, I, I like you. I like you. And I was stuck on this one scope that they had. And it was I wanted it for my AR-15. Mm-hmm. Because when I first got out of the military, I was going to try to dive into three gun. And I wanted to get my AR-15 right for a three gun. So we sat there. We was talking. And the scope that I wanted to get from him I want to say it was like 900, maybe a thousand dollars. But he was saying, Hey, I'm trying to give you the scope for free and you're not listening to me. And I was like, eh, I'm trying to tell you why I want the other scope, but I mean, if I have to pay for it, I'll pay for it. You know? And he was like, no, no, no. All right, let's do this. I'm going to send you this scope. If you don't like it, you just write me, tell me you don't like it. And you can just give it away to anybody. I was like, all right, cool. So he ended up sending the scope, which was the Raptor for the AR-15. And if you head on over to the M-W Tactical uh, YouTube channel, you will see the review on that one as well. And went out there and I shot it. I was like, man, this isn't bad. 
the one thing I got spoiled with, with being in the military, all the, the reticles and scopes that I was using all had reference numbers on the side of it. Mm-hmm. But the Raptor didn't have the numbers on the side of it. The other one that I wanted that was the Platinum Series above the Raptor, it had the, the number reference system in it. Makes but it a little course, quicker, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, it makes it a whole lot quicker. But when I started using the Raptor, because the way everything was set up, you know, you had the triangle and the tip of the triangle was like um, 100 yards. The point under the tip of the triangle, that's your 200 yards. Then you had your 300, so forth and so forth, you know, going down. And I was real fast on it. And I was like, oh, okay, I like this. I like this. So I hit him back up, told him I liked it. Went back out to the range, like on a Wednesday and a Thursday. Played with it some more. And then that Friday and Saturday, I think I went out and recorded everything and put together the review video. So that's how the partnership between um, Primary Arms and myself started. And they actually hit me back and they was like, wow, we really like how you did the content and your explanation makes it very easy for somebody to pick up. And I was like, oh, okay, well, no problem. Oh, Thank good. you. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I still get emails today where people will write me and say, this was the easiest explanation on the web that I found or wow, you made a product, you know, worth my while. I'm going to go get one right now. So I was like, Hey, I'm glad I can help. So, Very good. Yeah, There's actually, so much stuff out there with optics and radicals, man. It, it's hard to make a decision if you're able to help some people do that. And that's yeah. a big, that's a big deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and once again, it goes back to our original conversation. That's what it comes down to just helping each other out the best way you can to get somebody to understand and move forward with their dreams and or mission, you know, to make it worthwhile for them. That's awesome. Um, Last week, we talked a little bit about red dots, and mm-hmm. I made the comment that eventually here in the future, by the end of the year, I might take a break from Limited and try to dive into the Carry Optics platform and then come back to Limited, of course. And you stated that you had to send yours off to get repairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I sent one off to see more. Um, it started just having some flickering issues and, and cut off on me a few times at a match. I've already got it back. They've repaired it, oh, wow. uh, put their new gen five, um, electronics in it. They're calling them hardened electronics. I don't know what, what that means exactly, but I've hmm. seen some, some companies will do like they'll coat the electronics in, in an epoxy or something of the uh, similar to kind of help, you know, hold everything, um, in place. Right. But, they, um, I really expected to to pay something for it, just you know, swap out the electronics. I just asked them to check it out, and you know, they've got a new generation I was interested in, and they sent it all back to me. And two weeks later, it didn't charge me anything. So, so. Wow! Now, that's somebody who actually stands behind their product, and yeah, you can't get mad about that. I, I didn't ask them to warranty anything for free. You just you know, check mm-hmm. it out, see if it you know what needs to be done and i want to check out the new electronics they they sure did they sent now, it back to me when you got it back did you notice any difference the brightness the settings or anything that stood out differently from what you originally had uh the the led was a little cleaner uh, mm-hmm. a little more crisp i think 
it's it's hard to get in there and clean the LEDs, you know, as you as you shoot it, and and I think you do get a little kind of debris or a haze over it after a while after you get, you know, several thousand rounds through your gun. But by them replacing the electronics, it you know you have a nice fresh um, LED, nice crisp crisp dot. They the, the keep the housing the same as long as the housing is in good shape and the, and the glass is in good shape. They'll just replace the electronics. Hmm. Okay. All right. Now, have you went out and shot it since you got it back? I have not. I just actually mounted it onto a gun. There's a uh, open gun that I've been working on over um, my my winter break, and um, it's it's going on that backup gun right now. Oh, I have yeah. not shot it yet. Yeah, I forgot that you sent the Limcat back for the new yeah. gun, and he hasn't got you haven't got that back yet. No, man, that'd be nice if they could turn that around in two weeks. But they've got <laughs> they've got to do some refinishing and. That'll, that'll be a little bit longer process. Are you, you think you're going to get that back by like February timeframe? I hope so. They're, they're normally not too busy around the end of the year after mm-hmm. nationals is over. They're super busy around nationals and then they kind of, they calm down around the end of the year, beginning of the year. So I hope, you know, we can get that turned around fairly quickly. Hmm. Okay. Well, I made a determination what I want to get far as the scope. And I narrowed it down between the SIG and the Hollow Sun. And I think I'm going to go forward with the Hollow Sun. And the one that I was looking at was the 407K. Now, I didn't read into, like, the shock technology like you had talked about. I was just looking for something that was practical that I felt it would fit what I needed it to do at that time. But I'm still doing the research. But... As of right now, the one that I was leaning forward is the 407K. What? What is it about that dot that you're that you're liking? Uh, one thing, the price. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, it really because I'm I'm like a, a red dot is a red dot. That's how I formulated in my mind. The only real experience I have with anything optic with a dot is like I said, Aimpoint, the EOTEX, the ACOG mm-hmm. that I use. So everything has been based off a rifle and not a handgun. You yeah. know, so my determining factor is just off of what I'm reading and what I think will work for me. But then again, getting that 407K, it might be like, okay, this isn't what I thought it would be, but just like anything else, I know enough people in the area, whereas I can't say, do you mind if I take your gun out for like two or three days and just practice with it so I can make a determination on the dot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can definitely try mine out. And mm-hmm. I actually just got the 507K. Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> All right. Or, so, or it's not a K. I'm sorry. It's a 507C. C. Okay. So now what's special about that one that made you determine you wanted that one this was um well i've never i I love red dots everybody knows that i love red dots for competition guns and i Mm -hmm. use the seymours with a big 10 moa dot um it's not something that i would really want to carry it's but you know i don't carry my open guns it's just meant for competition it's just simple on off brightness Mm -hmm. up down which i like the simplicity of it but I, my thought was with a carry gun, I don't want to 
add something else that I have to do. If I draw the gun, if I need to use it in a self-defense situation, I don't want to have to reach over and try to, you know, turn the dot on and, and have to worry with that. So this and, and several of the other Holosuns have um, shake awake technology. They might call it something else, mm-hmm. but um, it, it also has an auto shut off after 10 minutes is, is the way it comes set from the factory. You can change it to auto shut off after an hour and then two hours. I think there's three options there, but um, it'll shut off after a set period of time. If there's no movement, um, if the, the sensor inside the dot doesn't sense any movement, it'll shut itself off just to conserve battery. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you back up, it'll sense movement and it'll turn itself back on to the last setting where, you know, that you had it set to brightness level. Um, and this and this one in particular and several of the Holosuns, you can see part of their, their actual logo is a, is a circle with a dot in it. And that's kind of one of their reticle options that they're kind of famous for. You could get a 32 MOA circle with most of them have a two MOA dot in the center. And you can you can alternate between the circle and the dot, the dot itself or the circle only. Um, those are all options there. And this one also has a solar backup. So it's dual powered. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the battery, of course. Um, if it's bright enough, it'll use the solar energy to power it. And it senses, you know, if there's not enough ambient light to power the dot, it'll, it'll go to the battery. Um, so it was a lot of uh, new technology or newer to me anyway, stuff I haven't really played around with, but I like the idea of it being, you know, the auto off to conserve battery because I'm going to carry the thing every day, but also the auto on, you know, in case I need to use it, I don't want to, I don't have to fiddle with buttons and settings and stuff to get the dot there. Yeah, I think um, I want to go that route only for competition. And of course, I'm a diehard person keeping it old school, iron sights. But I do believe we're going to see law enforcement and other agencies putting some form of an optic on their handguns. Um, I've seen that in the military probably 10 years before I got out, and I said, okay, I think the military is going to go that route. Then, of course, three years later, we started going that route. It's great, man. It is the best sighting system that I think you can put on a handgun. And we, we've had, you know, some, I don't know, mechanical, electrical issues, just longevity of the dots. So you're, mm. you're, you're putting them on a, uh, you know, a gun of this fashion. This happens to be my new carry gun. Yeah. So if, you, if you're listening to the podcast, if you head on over to the YouTube channel and check out the podcast, you will see the canic that yeah. the mad scientist has up with the hollow sun on it. Yeah. So this is, I actually um, recently uh, acquired this one for my, for my carry gun for this year. And I shot um, the canic SFX for in carry optics for competition mm-hmm. with a different dot. Just as actually I had a vortex um, Viper six MOA, I think on that one. And um wanted to to step back up to a little bit larger carry gun and um was you know i'm familiar with this with this platform i'm, I'm happy with it it shoots great um but it's a little bit smaller a little easier to, to carry and I, I wanted 
to try a red dot finally on my carry gun. I've been carrying forever and never was never really comfortable enough to put a red dot on a carry gun because of, you know, that you always had to turn it on and off. Um, right. You know, technology has gotten a little better now and I'm going to give it a shot this year. Um, so far, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, honestly, I personally do think putting a red dot, whether it be on a rifle or the handgun, it does, in a sense, make shooting easier, in a sense, whereas you're not so much looking for the iron sights or taking the time to try to line it up. You just find a dot, and if you see the dot, you pull it. You're hitting whatever you're looking at. It's where your shot's going, wherever that dot is. Right. So I think that's a good thing. Um, So I'm actually looking forward to diving into it but of course i'm still doing my research on everything yeah i don't i can just tell you about this one <laughs> as far as carry, carry guns I've, I've used some other uh you know competition dots and stuff but mm-hmm. i wanted to try this at, as a carry option um this this gun here I always um got a weapon mounted light on there always i'm a good big advocate for that for a carry gun i always like to have a light on as well um mm-hmm. You need to illuminate your target if you're gonna if you're gonna use your gun. You need to make sure you can clearly identify what you're what you're shooting at. Right. Yeah. Now, the last show we talked about red dots. You had mentioned something about the plate. So, did you have to go out and get a different plate for to mount that red dot onto the canic, or did you already have one that mounted onto it? So, well, this gun in particular, and a lot of guns now are coming uh, pre-cut for optics. And uh, if you can see on the, um, the YouTube guys, there's a, a small plate under the optic right here, and it actually has a hole in it. But um, they supply uh, four different plates that um, have different mounting patterns. And one of those plates, you know, fit up with that Holosun. Um, there's... Yeah, we talked about the different mounting patterns that I wish they would just standardize. Um, right. <laughs> but we're not there yet. So <laughs> they yeah. do offer this, this Canic anyway, off, they supply you with plates. You can order them separately if you need another plate. And you just pop the plate off, screw it down to the slide, and then you can attach your red dot to the, that plate. Um, some other gun manufacturers um, have the the mounts cut into the slide and we'll accept the dot directly without a plate it just it, you have to research which dot you're going with and what the mount is on on your gun on your slide hmm. yeah so that's the one thing that i'm really looking forward to is actually getting the red dot mounting it on and actually shooting it and seeing how that's going to work out for me and it will come across more like still challenge for me. It's not going to be something serious that's going to take over for me because my main goal is in the limited division. Yeah. And yeah. So this is like, okay, I'll take a break, but I'm still shooting. So it ain't like I'm losing anything. And depending on who you talk with, it almost sounds like you might be gaining something more with shooting with the red dot going back to iron sights. I think so. I mean, even if you don't plan on doing it for very long, I mean, even if you don't get anything out of it, it's still fun. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But I think you can, you can gain 
a little more, you get a little more visual data when watching a red dot move around while you're shooting than, than you can get from iron sights. Right. Uh, it, it can be good. You can get some information from it that could help you just with shooting in general. Now, um, as far as gear, are you getting any type of new gear, special gear for 2021? Because you did get a new belt before nationals. I did get a new belt and a new holster. Holster, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm finally liking the holster. <laughs> I, gosh, I've wanted it all year. Um, I got it from Universal Shooting Academy. It was um, one I saw early in the year, and I didn't go back to Universal till the end of the year at Nationals, and I, I picked one up there, and I I didn't like it at all at first, mm. but just because it was something different, right? And it, it um, I'm used to it now. I like it. Um, other than that, I don't plan on getting any more gear. I'm playing around with some, some carry gun stuff like, like this one here. I'm, um, I'm going to get a different holster made, um, for, for my carry gun, carry gun. And I may actually run it a couple times in competition just to, you know, get some more, more rounds down range with that. Yeah, I got you on that one. All right. So let's, um, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back and, finish up talking about gear and then the last topic of the show as well because we don't have a interview person this week so it's just us two gliding on down the tracks yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> so everybody please turn up your radios turn up them headphones stay in your seats and here are a few words from our sponsors hey this is brian conley with hunters hd gold and you are listening to the m-w tactical podcast What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, good people, we're back at it again. And like we always say, thank you for listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast, spending the time with us 
on your commute while you're at work or maybe even while you drive firing. So thank you for joining the Mad Scientist and myself as we talk about our journey and our views within the gun world. Before we left, we were just talking about gear. And I'm sitting here thinking, if I dive into carry optics, I know I'm going to use my Walther. I do want to get the steel frame Walther. So the holster that I already have, the ghost holster, it should work for the steel frame as well. But I do know I need to get another gun and maybe some more magazine pouches. Mm -hmm. So just like shooting, your skills, your instincts, and your overall talent is going to play an important part. But I honestly believe the gear that you have is 95% of it. Well, we know a um, good holster manufacturer that oh, might, yeah. Could, yeah. might could set you up with one at GM4. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Very true. Very true. Um, but now you said you're going to carry the Canic for your personal carry. Yeah. Right? I, so, yeah. Now, because of the optic being on it, how is that going to work as far as what you have right now for a holster for the Canic? Well, seeing how I, I shot the um, SFX in competition, I actually, we did some, we did some indoor matches a couple of years ago um, that were low light and no light. So mm -hmm. I, um, I had a weapon mounted light and um, I made a holster for that competition. And on the video, if you guys are looking at YouTube, this is my current rig. It's kind of modified from something I've previously done, but in it holds, um, you know, it's got my gun in there with the weapon mounted light and it's clearance for the red dot. And I have a, you know, extra magazine pouch next to it. And it's an appendix um, inside the waistband rig. It's something I really just modified was from some stuff I already had. I'd like to get a, um, another custom holster um, made for it um, nice. at some point soon. But what I have now is working, working well. It, it looks good. Um, now, you are one that says you like the weapon-mounted light on the firearm. I do. I don't like the weapon-mounted light on the firearm, but I do believe in using the flashlight when you have one. I used to carry one around with me all the time until it either got lost or, and or stolen. <laughs> yeah. But I just need to get another light to carry around with me every day. And the light that I was carrying was an Enforced flashlight and, you know, just regular push button on the back. Mm -hmm. But even in the military, I didn't like the light mounted on my firearm. And when we used to do certain trainings with the handgun, I was probably like two or three people that literally carried the flashlight in my support hand. But, you know, there's ways you can hold it and still be effective with holding the firearm and the light. Yeah, and there is. do what you want to do. You just have to be cautious of it. But I trained so much with that aspect that I did not get spoiled with the mounted light and it has that rotator lever or the push button. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have anything against it. It's just I I don't think it would be comfortable to carry with the flashlight on the firearm in a concealment. Well, it definitely adds some bulk if you can see there yeah. on the video. I mean, it's uh, it's not a small 
package to carry but it was you know i made the decision to go up to a, a full-size gun I, I started when i first started carrying i started with a glock 19 which is you know they, they call it a compact but it's it's pretty decent size gun to carry mm-hmm. um which is about the same size as this this canic um elite um really but i switched back um i don't know i carried that for a couple of years and us and then the these subcompact nine millimeters started coming out and coming to market, which were mostly uh, single stack uh, nine millimeter. They're thinner, shorter, easier to carry, a lot more comfortable. You know, people say that comfort is not really a important consideration with a gun. You're not carrying a gun to be comfortable. You're carrying it to, you know, be able to defend yourself. But if you're not comfortable with that, with the holster, with your setup, if it's not comfortable for you, you may not be like, you know, wanting to carry it. So whatever it is, it needs to be comfortable. So you can, you will actually be confident carrying a thing every day and and want to carry it every day. But, um, it, I carry a flashlight also, um, you know, just a external Mm -hmm. uh, flashlight as well as one on the, one on the light. And like I said, when we were doing that, um, that low light, no light training stuff. I, I did some of that with, with, you know, with a handheld light and you can, you know, hold it, the handheld light and still get two handed grip on the gun. Um, it works. I, it, it's a little bit more cumbersome for me. I like having the weapon mounted light, mm-hmm. but you don't always want to point a weapon mounted light at someone that is not necessarily a threat. Right. So if you need to light up that, you know, whatever scenario you need to light it up if it, you only have a weapon mounted light you're also pointing the gun at, right. at that person as well so i carry both of them yeah now let's talk a little bit more about gear and let's look at it from a concealed carry notion or an everyday carry as we like to call it even when you sit there and you look at it I believe in carrying a backpack around with me, but I only carry a backpack around if I'm going to be away from my environment, meaning wherever my headquarters is at that time for a long period of time. When I do carry a backpack, I do have like a tourniquet of some form of a first aid kit in there, maybe some extra rounds. And depending on my attire, the firearm might be in the backpack, but I have three different type of backpacks that I carry. Nothing special. The one that I have from Proper, it does have that zipper case where you can put protective plates in there, but I've never carried outside of the military a backpack with protective case. I mean, that protective insert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but now, do you actually carry any type of bag with anything like that on the inside? I do. I started carrying a Vertex bag. Um, also, I, I carry another firearm with me in that bag. The, you can check out the Vertex Vertex bags. They um, have a lot of different options. They're, they're pretty discreet um, in size for different firearms or whatever you want to put in them. They have, you know, pockets for stuff. And there's a, a panel in there where you can put um, armor in there. And I do have a uh, soft, uh, soft armor panel, level 3A+. Um, rated for you know handgun calibers hmm, okay. and I have you know the same stuff I have some first aid um, a 
equipment in there, some uh, tourniquet, a couple tourniquets actually, um, a little multi-tool, just some, you know, general stuff that might need. Oh, you, you went fancy with it. You said Vertex. You don't, you don't take it. Was a, it was a commitment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it took, um, I had to save some money for it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. See, I got, I use the proper bag. And then um, I have an Oakley bag. And the Oakley bag has like a bunch of clips. It almost looks like you can attach it if you're doing any type of jumping out of an airplane with a, par- a parachute. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the name of it. Um, it's not the kitchen sink. It's a, the other one. <laughs> More like a laptop that's what, or something. That's what I feel like I'm carrying around with me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my third bag is, is just like a Molly bag that I, it's really big. And normally like in the wintertime, if you see me with that bag, there's a jacket of some such in the bag. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the summertime and spring, in that bag, like I said, it's small stuff in there, um, business cards, ink pens, maybe a set of headphones, um, first aid kit, the tourniquet, you know, um, a rag of some sort. It's little knickknacks that, yeah. you know, yeah. I will probably need depending on the conditions that I'm in and everything. Um, have you ever looked at or dove into anything as far as like bulletproof clothing? I've looked at it some. Um, I have not tested any of it. Haven't mm-hmm. haven't gone that route. It would um, that would require another level of, of you know concealed carry commitment. I think. Right. Um, I I feel I don't know. Of course, it wouldn't be a bad idea, but um, I have that panel have that panel in the backpack. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you know, you can flip it around, wear it on the front real quick. Um, you know, to act as a vest if need be. I haven't gone that far. Um, I actually just saw some armored panels that a company is making for vehicles <laughs> that I thought was kind of interesting. I think that they were advertising or the way they caught my eye, they had, it was a Ferrari or something that they had yeah. armored and I saw it on YouTube, but checking out their website, they offer these panels that you can, uh, you know, put in your doors. Um, I don't That seemed kind of interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen that, that would cost, but. Yeah, I've seen that when they was using the um, Ferrari and they were saying like how the regular Ferrari weight was, let's just say 48 kilos, whatever it said, because it, it didn't use like the standard um, measurements. And with the up armor, it wasn't much difference. I think it was actually, yeah, I think it was actually less than the original weight of the vehicle. And I was like, how's that possible? But then they were saying they went in and they was taking off certain things that wasn't really needed just to save on the weight because of the armor, you know, stuff. And like, if it went over, it was like two or three over the number. But if it was under, it was two or three under the number. It was really close. But I've seen that same video, but that was like maybe three weeks ago yeah it was uh, just something interesting i haven't seen before as far as armor goes yeah so you pretty much do the same thing i do just go to youtube and just start searching for stuff looking at various things yeah so when i when i saw that and it brought back a memory of there's a company out west they actually make bulletproof uh, clothing 
Like you can buy a shirt and um, it's actually bulletproof. Now, of course, the price of this stuff is going to be up there, like $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, depending on what you get. And I want to say it was between November and December, 10 people called me asking about bulletproof clothing. And I'm, yeah, I mean, like, legitly, I'm sitting there like, is somebody trying to play a joke on me or whatever? And when I'm talking to everybody, I had told them they're, the company that's out west, it's the same guy that does it in Mexico. But if you go to Mexico and buy it from him in Mexico, you can go out to his shop. Somebody will put the shirt on or jacket, whatever it is you bought, and you can shoot them with a gun. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, you got to think, um, when that happens, you're gonna your ribs going to get bruised. You're going to have some type of injury on you but the bullet is not piercing you it's, yeah it's still gonna be like, like a hole. <laughs> you know? so and when i said that everybody was like man yeah i was like no look it up i'm for real look it up and i remember when i first heard about that i was stationed at fort stewart so that was between 1999 and 2006 i just can't remember the time frame because we was talking about it one day in the parking lot at work and i was like man get out of here somebody actually showed the video and i was like holy cow that's real yeah, that's some, <laughs> you know yeah and i want to see this product <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um that's somebody who really stands behind the product but when i say out west i want to say that same company is doing the same uh, merchandise development like in arizona you know um i think it's in that area but they won't allow you to shoot the person in the states like you go to mexico <laughs> you pretty much do anything you want to do <laughs> but um there's something look it up like i said look it up and you'll be amazed at some of the stuff and the video that i saw where the guy got shot um, it wasn't like he like just brushed the shirt off and said, see, look, no damage. When he got shot, I mean, his body literally reacted to the, oh, the force yeah. coming at him. But then they opened up the shirt and you actually saw like the injury right there, like the bruised rib. <laughs> it was just starting and everything. But um, and like I said, check it out. Look it up, man. It's, it's, right. very, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, did you actually check out that, um, that uh, video? That was telling you about the documentary on John Browning. Um, John Browning, yeah, I did. That was pretty interesting. I, wasn't it? it was very interesting. Yeah, um, really interesting. Um, he, I was guessing uh, he had around two hundred patents or whatever on our last episode, and mm -hmm. I think I'm trying to remember now. I think it was pretty close to two hundred. They mentioned in that um, documentary 139 at some point in his life but he was still filing for patents and still, you know, working on stuff afterwards. I think he did end up with like 200 something patents. Um, that was really interesting. He was selling stuff to uh, Winchester mm -hmm. and he was coming up with so many ideas that they were just buying them just to keep them out of other competitors' hands, yep. even though they didn't have any intentions on actually you know, marketing the, the, that particular firearm or whatever, they'd mm -hmm. buy, they'd buy four or five patents from him to get one that they wanted to, you know, 
start manufacturing. So <laughs> he um, was uh, he was the man. I think what it what it was the way I explained it that last time we spoke on it, it was something along the lines of he made so many different models, but they would just buy it and only specifically use one. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if it was like the lever action um, rifle that he came up with, he probably was like, oh, I got that. I got this. I got this. I got that. And it was like, okay, but we only want that. No, nah, it's a package deal. Okay. We'll buy them all. We'll give you this amount of money, but we're only going to focus on this. Hey, you bought it. So you do what you want to do. Yeah. I think that's what it was. So, but like I said, it's a very interesting story, especially when you look at how much of his inventions we're still using today. Not just the technology, it's just the actual invention that's still yeah. being used today. It's, I, man, it's hard to say that about anything else. What yeah. else are we using that was designed and apparently perfected 100 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there have been slight modifications to, to his old designs, um, but really the, the basis of the machine or you know the the firearm is is still the same i actually want to bring in people and hear their thoughts on stuff like that because you know i think it's interesting when you look at something that was invented over 100 years ago and we're still using it today Mm -hmm. you know just like the doorknob when was the doorknob invented but look at how the technology changed with the doorknob in itself, you know, and you, it's only so much you can do to a doorknob, but where they got it with it now. Okay. You got the cheaper version. Then you got the ones that's harder to pick, you know, like if you try to use a picking lock to try to break into whatever, mm-hmm. like I said, the technology is just advances over the course of time. I had to uh, pick my own lock um, yesterday. I left my house key at, when I went to the range, I left my house key at home. <laughs> but th- that's one of the things I carry in my kit with me is a lock pick. <laughs> Man, I, I used to carry my lock picking set around with me all the time. And what actually ended up taking place, a friend of mine um, up in Virginia, I was home at, you know, visiting up in Virginia. And she ended up locking herself out of her place. Her husband he's a truck driver. So he was nowhere around. So she was like, um, I'm, I'm gonna call him. I never told her I can pick the lock. And, you know, of course, when he on the phone with her, he, he was like, um, you know, kick the door in. I'll fix it when I get home. Well, when are you coming home? A week and a half later. <laughs> like, well, that's not gonna work. And then when she called the locksmith, um, because it was like holiday season, of course, you know, the prices shot up because of the time frame and everything. Yeah. So when I sat there and I was like, uh, let me try, you know? So I just told her to sit in the car or whatever. And I was like, I hope nobody called the cops. Uh, this, yeah. This is what <laughs> I called the cops. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sitting there, you know, on my hands. I mean like on my knees sitting there, you know, picking the lock and everything. And uh, that always makes it, makes me yeah. concerned. <laughs> yeah. It so, looks bad. <laughs> yeah. It looks bad. But when I actually got into the house, I want to say it took me maybe about five minutes, five, six minutes in total. I really didn't time it. But by the time the cops showed up, I had already opened up the door. And when I walked in, I went straight to the restroom because I had to, you know, use the restroom. And then (laughs) 
of course, you know, they coming in, they was like, excuse me, we had a report. And I was like, well, this isn't my house, but here's the owner right there. And then, of course, you know, she was coming in about that time frame. Oh, it all good. got cleared up. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't like no no guns was drawn or anything like that. Yeah. It was just a very stern situation because, um, of course, you know, that was a money neighborhood, you know, and of course, a neighborhood like that, the neighbors are going to be a little bit more vigilant about a car they're not used to seeing or somebody they don't recognize. Sure. You know, yeah. that, that, that's what it really came down to. And well, it's good. It's good to have neighbors looking out for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't upset about it. No reason to get mad because that was my neighborhood. I would want my neighbors to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like he was going on knocking on everybody's doors. Hey, don't call the cops. He's going to try to break into my house. <laughs> uh, a buddy of mine called me, uh, may have been two months ago now. He was, he had somehow they had locked him and his girlfriend locked themselves out of the house. Mm. And he was asking me, because um, I, he knew I had, I carried a lock pick with me. I'm not sure how he knew that, but <laughs> anyway, mm. he asked me, he's like, well, I can break the window out or we can kick the door. I was like, man, don't tear up your house. Come on, yeah. <laughs> give me a few minutes. I'll come over there and, you know, we'll, we'll get into it and let him into his house. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It always makes me a little nervous when I kneel down at a door lock and outside somebody's house who's watching me. <laughs> you know, I did it, lock myself out of my house one day. I've done it a few times since I lived in my house. But this one day I did it, I was in the garage and I was talking on the telephone when I walked out, whatever I was building in the garage. And I remember I was talking to my brother and I locked the door. When I went to go back in, I was like, oh, man, it's a habit for me to, when I go behind myself, I lock the door and close it and the door locked. And I was like, holy cow. But luckily, my lock picking set was in my truck. Just went ahead, pulled it out, picked the lock, and I was good after that. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I want to say, I don't know, for those of you who have been going to my Instagram page and Facebook, you would have noticed a couple of video, uh, a couple pictures of me with the Jam 4 shooting shirt on with various different products. And of course, the products that you see me talking about are the people who actually sponsor me in the shooting sport. And the person who actually took those pictures was my buddy, Ricky. And I want to go ahead and give him a round of applause for bringing my vision out to real life in the form of a picture that I can share with everybody else. So thanks, Ricky, for doing that and bringing it forth. And he's going to be following me around doing various video products, um, projects, and taking more pictures so we can display in the future. They look great. He, he did some great work, some good good photos. I'd like to um, talk to him about doing some for, for me. Yeah. Um, he'll make it work. He will make it work. Um, he has all the equipment that you need to make it happen. So that's nothing. Just hit them up. And I'm curious to see what visions you have when it comes to bringing out your creativity like that. Oh, he's going to have to help me with that. Or maybe you're both going to have to help me. I'm not, yeah. So <laughs> I'm not too good with that stuff. But the process, what I did, I hit him up because one day we went to John's house and we was just practicing. 
and he bought out this camera and I was like, man, that's pretty expensive. You know, and he was like, wait till you see what's going to take place after I take the picture. So he took the picture of John. He took a picture of, uh, you was out there. No, 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 you wasn't out there that day. Yeah, because Jenny was out there that day. And I don't think you ever came out to John's house when Jenny was not there. Not when Jenny was here, no. Yeah. So, yeah, Jenny was out there that day. And he took pictures of everybody when they was, got to a certain point, like on the stage. Yeah. And the clarity, and then he was like going through the different settings. Yeah, I can make it look like this. I can make it look like that. Uh, imagine if I was behind a computer, what can I really do? And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. So, but he always told me, hey, whatever ideas you got, because I know you're always thinking, just hit me up and um, I'm very eager to work with you. And I was like, all right, no problem. So I actually did hit him up and I told him like, look, I just have an idea for a few pictures. So he was like, okay, we could take like what the four or five pictures we want to take, but since we already going to have the space and all the equipment out, let's just take more, you know? Like, okay, cool. So we went to... Um, the location where he took the pictures at, and of course, the pictures you saw with the firearm, that was all done in my living room, in my house, <laughs> you know, because I couldn't take the firearm onto the premises because yeah. they had a, a no firearms policy. But at the same time, everything else that I'd done, like the gun cleaner bottles and the firearm, all that was done in my living room, in my house. I was like, hey. Turned out pretty good, man. Yeah, it turned out you very did some well. did good work. It also... Also, what I want to do is I'm going to put it up on Facebook or, well, Facebook and Instagram for those who want to come on to the show, just be like a call-in guest um, from a specific time frame. I'm just got to pick out the day between Dave and myself and I'll keep Dave on the phone. And then when people call in, we'll be like on a three-way chat. And record the conversation and then we'll yeah. play it back on the show. So I, I think that yeah. would be pretty fun also. That'll so it'll be fun. Yeah. So if people will, I will say email me, direct message me or, or Dave, and let us know what days work best for you as far as making a call. And then we'll try to set it up. But if nobody actually writes and states, hey, this date, this time works good for me. Um, I'll go ahead and block out a window and then I'll keep Dave on the phone, hijack him, <laughs> keep him yeah, from all his fun. other um, priorities. And then we'll just wait for the person to call in and then we'll talk and then we'll play it back on the show. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. And also, I would like everybody to actually contact us and tell us what topics you would like for us to discuss. And there might be a lucky person that We'll get selected and they can come on to the show and do the co-hosting with us. So I think that will be exactly fun. Um, also, I haven't put much real thought into it. I know we said we were going to do a giveaway. All right. So, yeah. Um, we need to figure that out. We yeah, didn't really we, talk about it. Afterwards. Yeah, we need to figure that one out. So if you have a great idea for a giveaway, please contact either Dave or myself, either on Facebook through Messenger or the direct message through Instagram or email us at info at m-wtactical.com and share your idea of what you think would be a great idea for a possible giveaway. Okay. So actually, like I said, I have two of those magazine pouches and 
on next week's show, I'm going to bring it out and actually show the magazine pouch that I have. Good, good. They're nice. I, I have some also. Yeah. <laughs> I like them. I use them. Yeah, and like I said, I've been using mine ever since the first day I got them because my other one that I regularly use, which was a competitive edge, um, that one ended up, I ended up spilling some drink on it. So I just took the magazines out, put it in a new pouch, and I've been using them ever since. You know? And then also, I forgot to tell you, remember how that first time you did repairs on my firearm and I came and picked it up and you had like the big envelope sleeve and I was laughing at you. What envelope? The, not the <laughs> red sleeve you got with the zipper on it. Oh yeah. You, you carry your firearm in like at yeah. the range. Um, I actually ended up getting one of those also. Why were you laughing yeah. at me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause I was sitting there like, why are you bringing me this envelope? And you was like, oh, you can just carry it in this cause you gave it to me in a paper bag. <laughs> oh yeah 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 and i was like why do you give me this envelope what am i doing this envelope <laughs> you know? so um since i got the brazos and the case that the brazos came in was like a hard plastic case and i don't want to carry the hard plastic case everywhere with me because the sti came in a nylon case and i think that's better yeah they're the hard plastic cases are nice but they're they're bulky they take up a lot of room exactly and that's that's what it came down to and Back, was it last year, the year before last, whatever it was, I gave you a bunch of merchandise to give away at the yeah. matches. Yeah. And um, one of those giveaways was the nylon cases that you could put a handgun in. And I was looking for them. And I was like, what did I do with those cases? And then, you know, Coach B, of course, she was like, I think you gave them all today for giveaway. I did? Oh, maybe I did. Oh, you gave us a lot of stuff, man. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did cool. um, giveaways at, man, Almost every match yeah, we had. So we need to – I'll see what I can do, reach out to people and formulate something and get that going again. We could definitely do that. But I actually ended up getting – um, I call it the envelope sleeve for the Brazos. So the STI, Big Sexy, that's going to be the backup gun at the matches that I um, have. So that's going to be following just in the bag. But – the new Brazos and the envelope sleeve. That's going to be what's going to be. <laughs> Has it been running, running okay? Yeah, it's been running perfect, man. Yeah, perfect. Um, the only issues I've had with the firearm is those two hangups that you saw in the two videos that we showed last week. And we're thinking that was a magazine issue? Yeah, holding yeah. around because um, literally I had to take my hand off, hold a slot, and just rack it real hard to get the round to shoot out so mm, okay so i don't think that was a gun i think that was actually the fault of the round and the magazine okay. you know because once i stopped using that magazine the issue stopped so bob at uh brazos custom gunworks makes some some really great guns yes. so, so check him out check out his website 1911store.com mm -hmm. um he'll set you up with whatever you need yeah. You have anything else you want to talk about this week before we depart until next week? No, I think we we covered a lot. I hope um I'm looking forward to uh getting a caller or two in and you know, talking to some some people, bringing some people on the show. That that'd be interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to make that happen. We definitely going to make that happen. And um I think that's going to be a lot of fun when we actually do that as yeah. well. 
Yeah, we can we can make that happen. Actually, what I want to do is I want to bring Eli onto the show. Okay. Yeah, because we talked beforehand, and I want to say it was last year, or maybe the year before that. And I kept telling them, hey, we're going to bring you on to the show. We're going to bring you on to the show. And never did. So I'm going to keep to my word, and I'm going to bring him on to the show. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good dude. I actually went out to the range with him yesterday, and we nice. we worked on some guns and zeroed some red dots and did a little little practice out there. But he's a good dude. Be good to have him on the show. Yeah, actually, I think that should be the first one that does the call in. Actually, we need to set that up with him to see what time frame works for him. And then um, bring him on to the show for the call-in portion of it. He's a gun guy just like us, man. He's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, trust me. I know. That's, I, all he, that's all he does. Yeah, I have a lot of fun when I talk to him. It's funny when him and Travis have their conversations together. Oh, gosh. I keep <laughs> waiting for them to just start <laughs> fighting each other. I don't <laughs> Yeah, that is so hilarious. So hilarious. So without further ado, but if everybody will, please head on over to Instagram and give Dave a follow at CSRA Shooters. Um, the Facebook page, CSRA Shooters. Um, also, give me a follow on Instagram at M underscore W Tactical. Facebook, M dash W Tactical. Check out the podcast on the YouTube channel, the M dash W Tactical um, YouTube page. And then head on over to the website and then just look at everything else we're a part of, which is M dash W Tactical.com. You know, so. We got some new stuff, some fun stuff coming up and going into 2021. We just ask everybody to please follow us on our journey in the shooting and join in on the conversations. I think it's a lot of fun to be had. That's good. So we're starting a new year. Yeah. So it's good luck to everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's, I think it's going to start off slow, but it's coming. I think it's coming. Yeah. We, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. So. If everybody will, please stay in your seats and here are a few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunters HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunters HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunters HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. 
The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you can't wait for Tuesday, go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can even purchase M-W Tactical apparel. But please... Go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting in the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.